Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Mark Paul Gossler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. You know, I'm not even going to ask you if you did the homework. I, you've been such a good student here. It's like, what's the point? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm a good student. A great student. Thank top, you. Top of the class, really. Oh, look uh, at that. But, you know, just in case you didn't do the homework out there, which is this episode was The Substitute, which is the seventh episode as it aired, but not the seventh you shot, uh, I did prepare a brief summary. And before we get to that, it's worth noting we have another special guest this week, Mark Paul, you're going to be talking to the actresses who played the twins on Saved by the Bell. The Zeffirelli twins, Allison and Jennifer. The Zeffirelli twins. That's what they were called. That's uh, <laughs> that's what Peter Engel called them. Yeah. I don't think they had an official title. Sure. I don't even know if they know they had an official title. But when we asked Peter what were the names of those twins... He said the Zeffirelli twins. It would make sense that they would, ha- I mean, yeah, if they were, if it was a normal school environment, that's how they would be categorized. So he, you know, that makes sense. Does it? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm going to take it right back. And I'm not so sure it does make sense. But in the world of Say by the Bell, sure, that all makes sense. In the world of high school, that makes sense. I went to school with multiple twins in the grade below me, which seemed like a, a real anomaly, like two sets of twins. How often does that happen in a school? I don't know. No one cares, no one, Dashiell. No one cares. no one cares. Just get to the summary. Okay, that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> uh, okay, Mrs. Simpson threw her back out teaching Shakespeare, a lesson Zach was using to woo Kelly. But when the handsome substitute, Tony Crane, shows up, all the girls at Bayside are head over heels. Zach creates an alliance with Slater to bring in an actress to pretend to be Tony's wife. Tony figures out what's going on, but goes along with it and uses the same actress to make the girls think he's engaged. They immediately lose interest. The end. That's the episode. And just like that, it's act one. And the episode begins in a Bayside classroom with a, a cool guy on a skateboard cruising yeah. through the, the, the class. And if you notice, uh, Jesse looks a little annoyed by the, uh, the skateboarder. I think she's worried about getting a flat tire. Oh, she's like not happy with the with the action. No, no, no. She looks back and then she's like trying to scoot a little faster, you know, so she doesn't get uh, uh, hit from behind. Yeah, she is. She is clocking the guy behind her, which I guess you you would do. Uh, it's worth noting another guy with a skateboard opened up an episode we've already seen. Fatal distraction. Uh, Say by the bell seemed to enjoy having a skateboarder zooming through the halls to to open an episode, like kind of fun action. And then we open with Zach Morris walking through the door with a new hairstyle. Ah, uh, yes. A different hairstyle than we've seen before. And a little more uh, grown up. Yeah, because 
as established, you you guys shot seven, and then there was a brief hiatus, uh, which is industry jargon for everyone went home for a little bit, and uh, you guys came back, and you were you had aged a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. What was uh What was your time like? Like, what was that like when you weren't on, essentially, after those seven? Well, I think I've said this before, but we went, we we. We would do these shows, and whether it was a seven-episode run or a 13-episode run, and um, usually you know whether a show's going to get picked up again and you're going to continue shooting sometime in the future. Uh, With Saved by the Bell, we would finish our run, and then we would just go back to our normal lives, which meant we would just go back to school, uh, and we would have no idea if we'd we'd ever see each other again. Um, So we'd have these... Uh, rap parties where the, it could have been forever. We would just say goodbye, and and uh, I went back to school. I know you know we've talked about with with Mario that he would just go back to school in Chula Vista. Um, I was going to high school in Valencia, and so I would just go to my um, it was called Heart High in Valencia, and I would just go back and uh, just be a in air quotes normal normal teen. So you did have like some some normal schooling in your life. I know we talked about you having like onset school, but you also had, you like, you, you interacted with real substitute teachers. I did, but it, that was short-lived because of my schedule. Um, the teachers didn't want to put up with it. Hmm. Uh, so I ended up having to go to a uh, sort of a worker's school um, for kids who had jobs or were, um, I guess, delinquent. And uh, so it was more of a, a school that was in a trailer uh, next to my high school. Uh, I don't really want to give the name of that school. Sure. I don't know if it's still there, if it, uh, what, what the deal is with it. But uh, basically, that Wait, was. Were there like bad kids in the? In yeah. Like, so you were you were there because you had a job, but you were also. It's like there were other kids there because they had jobs as well. But there were also kids there who it was like yes. last chance, the last chance, the trailer. last chance, yes, wow. last chance trailer. Yeah. I wonder if that gave you any inspo for Zach, if that like helped mold you a little bit to be around like kind of the bad boys. No, like- no, 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 not at all. I mean, I worked that system because um, you would go in, get your work, and most of it was was on a sheet uh, and it was multiple choice. And then you just take that home and, you know, complete it and then send it back in. Um, I would work that system uh, and, and, and um, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, finding the answers in, in file boxes when the teacher wasn't looking um, and then turning in work that was already completed. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. It was like you were, you would, so basically you would rap, say, by the bell and go live a, a miniature version in a, in a trailer, it sounds like. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Anyone who lives in, in that part of where I grew up knows the school that I'm talking about. Okay. All they, right. They pass it on their way to the the real school. <laughs> okay. And I'm sure if you go to Six Flags, you're probably in the in the vicinity. You right? are how, in the vicinity. How much is in Valencia? Right. It's the Six Flags in this trailer. Yeah. Uh, okay. And we're in the class. We get the twins. The twins who will be, well, who you'll be talking to later, in matching clothes, which just feels so uh, surreal. I guess like that they need to match and sit right next to each other. It's such a specific choice. This this show made. And then when Zach gets picked to play the, um, I don't know what character he's playing, but boy, I mean, that was my best effort at an English accent. Oh, you're like, you, Ugh. well, you mem- it's, it's kind of sweet that he like memorized mm-hmm. the, you know, he, he was ready. He was ready for his moment. There's also a little production error. You can see a boom mic when he like tricks Kelly into standing up. There's just a little boom hanging out in the corner. Uh, you know, no one thought we'd be seeing it 30 years later. 
but wow, I never got a note from the director saying like, hey, um, maybe you should take a lesson in uh, you know, dialects uh, because that, that is a really shitty job. <laughs> or is it just me? I mean, am I just critiquing my work a little too hard? Did you notice that my English accent was shit? I, I wouldn't say I noticed it was shit. I just noticed it was like, like I noticed you were doing an accent. It, it didn't sound like you were from foggy old English town. It, it sounded, uh, it sounded, yeah, I guess it did sound like shit. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you were kind of fishing for it, but yeah. I was really worried about Kelly up on that chair, by the way. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about like safety. I know it's a pretty mundane, <laughs> mundane production thing of like what it means to be safe on set. But the the chair on the desk that Kelly is on does not look safe. That that does feel like an accident waiting to happen. I think too many of those accidents have happened, and that's why we're not allowed to do it as actors now. Right. It was an accident that did happen on another set, and now yeah, they it can't happen anymore. Uh, also, uh, the the teacher here, Mrs. Simpson, played by Pamela Kosh, a uh, rich TV acting history, Star Trek, Golden Girls, Family Matters. You've you've definitely seen her around. And she is actually an English actor, correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess your accent is especially like Shitty. egregiously bad next yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty. Right. That's the word. That's the more technical industry jargon. Shitty. I, I, my hair, though, if we can just go back to my hair as well as Slater's. Slater's is a little more shinier this season. Mine is just very poofy. And, and uh, um, I'm not sure that that shelf that I have going on, um, how, I, how, how I got that to happen. Just a lot of hairspray, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of volume all around, I suppose. Same with Kelly. A lot of volume in her hair as well. Yeah, Kelly's hair really does like, yeah, I guess volume is the, the word of the day here. So Miss Simpson throws out her back. Um, playing hockey, she says, old hockey injury. Yeah, that's a fun joke because you get to picture her playing hockey, you know? Is it? I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to say that is a fun joke because my brain instantly like conjures up this lady, you know, really roughing it up playing hockey. That's what athletes say, right? Roughing it up. <laughs> you would know. Yeah, I would know. I'm, I'm a regular uh, gym hog. I'm in the gym all the time. And then we wheel her out into the, uh, the hallway. Yeah, which I, I'm... That's kind of why I pointed out the skateboard in the beginning. Like it's a it's a load bearing skateboard. It you, we introduce the skateboard and then it pays off in three minutes. And Belding giving a like this is one of those like hey 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 what's going on here that is super warranted. Like they're wheeling a an an old lady through the halls. That that's certainly a a time to ask what is going on here. Is this one of the first times where he actually pieces those that those two phrases together? Uh, I think we've I think we've heard it before. Or have we just heard of what's going on here without the hey 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 hey? Right. Hmm. You know, it it's starting as I feared it might in this process to blend together a bit. Uh, but that might be the first proper hey 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 hey. What is going on here? You do realize, Dashiell, you have one job. I uh, I mean, yeah, but it's to but I actually have several jobs and they all seem to be <laughs> saved by the bell related. <laughs> and the process over several years has has kind of melted my brain a little bit. Not gonna lie, <laughs> but it's not. It's rare that we actually see only the gang together, right? It's uh, we have all six of us in the hallway all together. Yeah, I guess you're right. And would you? You don't include Belding in the gang, do you? Uh, no, but I guess I could. That you would be all seven of us. Yeah, Belding, the whole cast. I would right I would, there. Right. I would make the argument Belding is in the gang. Okay. So uh, a listener wrote in and tried to solve the um, orange red locker question from okay. last week, and their theory was, which I, I'm just going to say I don't subscribe to, but their theory was they painted the lockers orange to show we were in a different hallway at Bayside, maybe a different floor. And that's why there's like a trophy case we don't see again. Oh. That, 
that seems crazy though, because it's it's clearly the hallway. Yeah, but if you go one floor up, right, or down, that's what they're. That's the theory. But I mean, that is the theory. Because where do those stairs go? Right. It would. Well, it would. But then wait. You, then no, you, that doesn't because there would have to be downstairs, and there weren't downstairs or upstairs. Ah, the stairs theory. I knew something was wrong. I just couldn't quite figure out the the physics of it. But yeah, correct. There would have to be. Additional Listen, stairs. I was so high when I wrote that tweet. <laughs> oh, that was you. <laughs> it was, that was me. You. Okay. I, I admit it was me. Got it. Okay. You, uh, you changed your avatar to and location to Cincinnati and you, I, I'm so, look, everyone needs Listen, a I came from Indiana and I did yeah. a show in Palisade. I mean, what, what do you want from me? Sure. Okay. Well you, okay. So we, your theory has been debunked by you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the stairs, there was no up or down stairs, right? right? So, so it, it would have to be, I mean, yeah, I think. The, a different part of the, uh, the building, I guess, maybe. May, yeah. Like it's the same floor, but a different corner. I mean, I, Look I, again. I don't. I just don't think they thought we'd be thinking about this stuff. Is Bayside all. only a two-story building? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. Just thinking about that winded me. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I got overwhelmed trying to picture the stories of Bayside. And then we go into the Max and uh, Zach, um, with that shitty accent. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he thinks is going to like seal the deal here with Kelly. Like she's just going to be ready for marriage. It actually does seal the deal. Well, she was supposed to go to the beach with Slater. Right. I mean, it. yeah, he is like, he is really like weaponizing this curriculum to like his, you know, his uh, dating life. And the audience seems to really enjoy the uh, parting is such sweet sorrow, chump. Yeah. And then uh, I love I love Slater's reaction to that. He just wanders aimlessly in the background. <laughs> he actually goes to Yuri Henley, who we, one of the extras back there. And Yuri seems like shakes his head. Sorry, pal. And he just kind of wanders back there. Yeah, he <laughs> so, like he like paces back and forth, like like he just like he he got some terrible news or something. <laughs> it is it is a funny reaction. Uh, there's also yet another there's yet another person on the phone at the max. Like that just is. There's always someone on the phone. I I notice it now. Uh, can't can't help but see it. So I'm so glad that you guys took the time to to talk with me because you guys come up so often on our podcast. I mean, it, 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 I, I know that you, uh, your characters on the show have also spawned drinking games. Like every time you appear on screen, <laughs> people have to take a shot. We've been listening to the podcast and every time you guys mention us, like, I go nuts. So I like have to bring the phone to my husband and my kid. I'm like, listen, they just brought us up. So we've been listening to the podcast. Yeah. It's so awesome to hear it. Do you get recognized as the twins from the show? Well, not now, but, you know, it's funny because there's so many Saved by the Bell fan clubs on Facebook and Instagram, and I've joined a few just for the fun of it, and when I, you know, sometimes I don't really want to, you know, comment, but then I'll say, hey, I'm the twin from Saved by the Bell, and people go nuts, and they want to know about the show, they want to know about you guys, they want to know what we're doing. I've hooked up with like this filmmaker in Italy. He wanted to interview us for his uh, Instagram post. So, I mean, people definitely recognize us and they definitely still think, oh my God, the twins from the show. And we're thinking, wait, what? <laughs> we were just, yeah. You know, tell people we were, when we tell people that we meet now, we were on Say by the Bell. They're like, oh, I remember you guys. I remember you guys. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. really cool. How did you wind up being cast on the show? Were they looking specifically for twins? Yeah, well, we signed up with an extra agency, and um, they called us, 
And they said that Saved by the Bell was starting the pilot. And Peter Engel was looking for identical twins that looked, for some reason, they wanted Italian-looking twins to be the Zeffirelli twins, which I think they refer to as maybe once or twice as that. Um, yeah. And so, we, yeah, we went to the casting call. We dressed alike. It was at NBC, and Peter Engel was there, and they hired us right on the spot. I think we were so, the yeah. only showed up too like I don't remember there being another set in there so it was like okay you guys got it yeah yeah how did you get scheduled to be recurring background students you guys are are a huge part of the show I guess that's two questions that I that I have how did you become reoccurring and also how long were you on the show for um we were on the show for two years and we would basically, I mean, it was it was odd because we kept thinking, oh, this is it for us. They don't want us back. But they just kept calling us. How they would schedule the extras is they call, basically just call you. The agency would call you the night before and just say, okay, here's your call time. Um, here's how many wardrobe changes because we had to bring our own clothes. And they would just kind of tell you, like, you're going to be in, in the max. You're going to be in a dance. You're going to be... Um, in the hallway. So they would just tell you how many changes to bring and show up and that was it. And that's how we all got scheduled pretty much. You become a part of the scenes. You become a part of the, 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 the story. Um, so I'm, I'm just fascinated. Did, did like Joanne or, or Maria or Casey, were they the ones that would give you direction? Would you read the scripts? Did you know, did you follow along? Yeah, they kind of gave us direction, kind of, um, I think we would come in on Thursday. You guys were there all week, and then we would come in on Thursday and rehearse and get blocked in. And I totally remember Joanne, until you just said that, she was mm-hmm. sweet. Um, yeah, and they were just kind of... And Maria. We didn't have lines that often, but when we did, we would get a script and, um, you know, just rehearse along with you guys on Thursday and then wait for tape day. And yeah, we would get blocked get blocking and lighting and kind of go through what you guys went through, but not till Thursday. And they would tell us, okay, walk by you two go over here. When he says, you know, when Screech says this, you guys react. So they were yeah. kind of giving us direction. So do you, do you guys still dress alike or, or, or sit together like you did on the show nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> we stopped dressing alike when we were probably in first grade, other than say by yeah. the bell. Um, you know, it is funny. Like my sister and I were talking about this yesterday. We we don't on purpose sit alike, but we find that when we're in situations where we're together, we end up sitting the exact same with our hands, like the same. And like it is just something I think twins do. It's just one yeah. of those like weird anomalies that happens when you're a twin. We get the, uh, the, the old fry in the mouth gag and, and we get a huge reaction from the audience. Um, you know, we actually noticed when we were working, different audiences would give different reactions and the energy would, would, um, would dictate how good of a show we would actually do. Hmm. You know, it's like, a, like if you're in a sports event and if, if, if the audience is, um, is, is really into a game, it, it, it kind of fires up the players, right? Right. It would fire... Home court advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we would feel the same way as, as actors. Like if our jokes landed and we get a big reaction, it, it kind of fired us up. Did you, were you ever in the middle of one where you were like, ooh, this is a, 
we are just in the middle of a stinker here. Yes. Yeah. Actually, there were times where collectively we would all feel the energy wasn't um, where we would like it. And then we'd, we'd actually uh, have to get a pep talk from some of the ADs or the producers would come down or even Peter Engel himself would, hmm. would make an appearance and, and kind of try to get us back up and, and, and try to tell us, you know, don't let them, don't let the audience affect your energy. Interesting. And so you, they would like they they wouldn't want that to get in your head. I guess also the audience probably reactions got bigger as your show started airing. Like these are initial audiences had to learn about all these characters, but I would imagine later ones were were more familiar with everyone because they'd they'd seen the show. Yeah, you start getting fans. Which, yeah, which uh, yeah would drive work. the energy up. And we're back at Bayside, and uh, Mrs. Simpson. She is just she is down for the count. Although we will see her again. Uh, oh, but, really? Yeah, oh yeah, she's coming back. I think she's actually even in an episode of The New Class. Like, they just could not get rid of Mrs. Simpson. Uh, and why would you want to? But she's been replaced with a very handsome substitute, Tony Crane. Tony Crane, played by Hank Stratton, who was on an episode of NYPD Blue with you. Was he? Yeah, you would later <laughs> go on to work with Hank Stratton in an episode was of I NYPD in the same, Blue. Was I in the same scene with Hank, though? I scrubbed through it. I found it online. Oh, you did find it. Okay. But I could not quite, like, I just, <laughs> you know, I got a lot of spare time, but I didn't quite have the 44 minutes to watch the full thing. But I could not find Hank Stratton in scrubbing through this episode of NYPD Blue. Okay. So I'm not sure if you shared screen time together. Uh, but you know what? Maybe next week I'll, I'll give you the update on that season 12 episode uh, that you guys were, okay. were into. And, and that'll uh, expose whether I am a true asshole or not. Oh, like if uh, you like, yeah. like, I mean, there's no, well, it was, pr he was probably more, I mean, he was certainly more aware of it, I would imagine, than you. But I he, should be aware of these things too, Dashiell. Don't, don't, don't try to paint it as uh, that, that, you know, I have an excuse. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, but I would just, you got to give people like human leeway here to understand his, he was on Saved by the Bell once. So you well, were I should remember Tony Crane. I, I mean, <laughs> this guy looks like he was the inspiration for Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. I mean, how can I not remember Patrick Bateman? Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a Ken doll, like walking around. Oh, this, you know, there's, there's something definitely uh, darker. And, and I mean, the, the, now that I've told you American Psycho, you yeah. will not be able to unsee that. Okay. I, I look forward to not being able to unsee that. But I laugh, actually, when he comes in the room. Uh, I'm just going to rewind here a little bit because Kelly's reaction to him walking in the room is absolutely hilarious. Her jaw almost unhinges when, she, when he <laughs> walks into the room. Just watch Kelly okay. and, and watch her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a... Like an anaconda preparing to, to eat, eat prey or something. Yeah, you're right. The jaw unhinging thing is absolutely happening. And we get the, the fun little I'm yours joke uh, to, to bring us right into act two. And Tony appears to have brought um, a costume to his substitute teaching job. That's it's a little peculiar. Uh, but like, why didn't he just wear it into class? Like, why did he have to introduce himself? And then I would imagine go to the, the locker room or something and change that. That feels like an unnecessary step. You, See, I think he just changed right in the classroom. Oh, he like asserted his dominance by just mm -hmm. stripping yep. down, yeah. Yep. There's a lot of inappropriate things that happen in this uh, episode with uh, Mr. Tony Crane, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do have some questions about like what his history is, and and you're right. Maybe there are some um, some skeletons in the closet as a metaphor, but also maybe just like some actual bodies. American Psycho. Yeah. His did. Am I alone in thinking like his Shakespeare outfit feels like very piratey? 
like it it I don't know what I would like costume design for Shakespeare, but this feels closer to a pirate than someone doing Shakespeare. And Kelly acting opposite uh, Tony, it she I, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure what she's trying to do, but it's like she has like woozy eyes and an open mouth. Like her version of swooning almost looks like she's about to faint or something. In a but not in like a romantic way, like a like she needs water, or perhaps a trip to the hospital. And that's how you do a high five, folks. The Slater Zach high five. That's how you do one. That's the good stuff. Yeah, it was good. That was pretty good. I was happy with that one. Do you think? Um, do you think Kelly's Juliet cap is like tilted that way to avoid a shadow? I'm I'm in tune to the world of face shadows now, thanks to our conversations, and it feels like the aggressive angle back was to avoid a shadow of her hat on her face. Otherwise, she'd look like a conehead though if she wore it straight up and down. No. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would it would mess up her bangs too, which I'm sure they took a lot of time to get that fluffy. Again, that kind of volume doesn't just happen. Uh, yes, the the Coneheads mention. Uh, I did the math here. Coneheads hadn't aired in ten years on SNL at the time. Four years before the film came out, so Screech uh, really knows his Saturday Night Live to make that Coneheads reference. Why? You, we we did the tooth thing already. Oh no, we haven't. The um, like you mean Tony's little like tooth? Another kind of cartoony additional thing they added. Did it did it work for you? Like the tooth ding or whatever you want to call it. No, I just I I I was just blown away by that that creepy look he did before the tooth thing. I'm telling you, <laughs> you don't trust this guy. I don't trust him at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I, I don't. It almost sounds like you're you're back to to what Zach was feeling of immediate distrust of this man. But yours seems to be rooted in like this could a, be my new Byron. Your new. I mean, you got it. It sounds like it. It always is rolling downhill to someone. So sure. And we're back at the max. Uh, Slater again. It, let's get like a a chokehold count for season one, but he's he's got Screech all locked up in his bicep. Now I definitely come in as a pirate. I mean that that there's that, but look at me. I'm, I have a sword. Yeah, like if so. What I'm if Tony's is like pirate-ish, you are like full blown of the Caribbean in this scene. Back to the shitty uh, accent. Can you? Do you have it? Have no, you, do you, no, I don't. I don't have an accent that shitty anymore. If that, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I was. Well, is it better? Is it, do you have anything? I'm not going to give it to you. All right, you okay. don't deserve it. That is true. I didn't. I have not earned it, and I don't deserve it. So why is Tony coming to the the diner? Yeah, I, I mean, there's lots of places to eat. He has to come to the diner. What is he doing? I don't know. And he's inviting them to sit down. I don't get this. And oh. then you got to notice when Jesse. Uh, when they all scramble for seats and Jesse uh, knocks over something, yeah. something breaks. Oh, off, I heard off screen, right? Yeah, I, there was a. It's actually in like the IMDb goofs section. Oh, is it's, it really? Yes, yeah, is she's noted as goofing that she knocked something over and there was like a, a break. Oh yeah, because also you'll you'll see um, Tiffany's face. She hmm. she almost breaks character. She's looking around at us, and then when the camera comes back to us, watch uh, Dustin's face because he's about to break as well. Um, so yeah, they, they kept a take that, uh, seemed to have a lot of, um, things go wrong in it, but they still kept it. It was raw. It was was raw. It was raw energy. And there's also broken glass on set, which again, speaking of safety, that's, that's what you want. You want a floor full of broken glass. But before that, Max gives some advice. He says, you know, this Tony Crane, don't worry guys, he could have a girlfriend or he could be married. Uh, he's not going to take your girls. How about he's an adult? Right. That y- Yes. Thank you for pointing that out, that that's the only thing that would stand in his way. Also, Slater has some very troubling anecdote where he's like, I've seen this before. 
the, the, the teacher shows up and he takes all our women. It's like, what was happening at those schools overseas, Slater? <laughs> but, you know, Zack and Slater are willing to put all the rivalries aside in the interest of making sure this teacher doesn't uh, begin dating all these teenage girls. That's the only way this is going to happen is they're, uh, they're forming a truce. And we're in Jesse's room, and, and guess who's in there with the girls? It's that, uh, that creepy doll just poking around in the background. And we get a fuzzy pink fantasy, and, you know, the girls are uh, envisioning some scenario where they're, like, all getting married to Tony at the same time. And the creepy doll is in the fantasy, too. They, they were like, let's... I mean, I'm not... Obviously, I wasn't in charge at the time of making this episode, but I would have said, can we please put that doll in a wedding dress also? It feels like a, an easy enough decision to make. The, the, the doll is also in a pose, it's not just sitting there. It's it's actually posed in a in a in a way. Its arm is up on the uh, is up on the couch. Yeah, it's like chilling. It's you know. It's chilling. It also looks like there used to be more dolls, but I have a theory that that <laughs> that doll came to life and got rid of the dolls it didn't like. <laughs> there can be only one doll in Jesse's room. So they all think they're getting married to Tony. Yeah. And then Tony comes through the door, dressed as a groom. Right. And says, "I can't marry you." I'm only a substitute teacher, uh, and that's his reason for not being able to to marry them. Not yeah. the fact that it's not legal. Well, I mean, it's not legal twice. Like you cannot, he cannot marry them for their age, but also you can't get married to three people at the same time in the state of California. I yeah, think. but we can overlook that. Okay, that's all right. Sure, we can overlook that. But yeah, like again, it's like these, and also, are we just living in a world where substitutes are like nomads who wander the land? I mean. Just because he's a substitute in L.A., he's he's still around, you know? Is he? Because I didn't know that. You mean substitutes aren't nomads? No, they don't just, like, hop on their oh. bikes and, like, travel with the wind until the next school needs help. Uh, they they tend to be local. I, I remember having, like, regularly uh, recurring substitutes. Oh, see? I, I didn't go to normal school, so I didn't know this. Thank you for educating me. Oh, yeah. We had recurring substitutes, for sure. <laughs> Do you have any juicy gossip about any of us? Did you remember anything that would happen? <laughs> we don't have any juicy gossip, unfortunately. I don't, we didn't date anybody on the show. I think I went out with one extra like twice, but didn't work out. But no, we don't, we didn't have any gossip about, about anybody. Everybody was really cool and nice. You know who was on the show that just after the show launched career was Scott Wolf. And he was, yeah, he did he great. Was he was nice. nice. sweet guy. And now, you know, his career just like went crazy, but he was such a nice guy, like such a nice guy. Yeah. I had him kicked off the show because he was getting more screams than uh, Slater and, and me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that story. I, I, I didn't have him kicked off, um, but he, he was like, every time he would enter on screen, the audience would go wild for him. And I, I, the rumor was yeah. that he was released because he was taking attention away from the three boys. Oh. <laughs> it he was the dimples. Little, yeah, he had the, the Slater dimples, too. Yeah. yeah, this is so funny. He was a really nice guy, though. I think for the most part, though, we were good kids, right? Absolutely. You guys were so... Because we were 21 when we did the show. Um, we were way older than you guys. And you guys were all nice kids, and you were very innocent. Like, 
people want to get gossip like what was what were what was Mark Paul like and what was Tiffany like I'm like you guys they were kids on the show and they were innocent and well you we were very professional we don't know Wait, how what? innocent but you know, what we saw you guys were no. really Really nice. No, you were good kids. You were good kids. You worked hard. You were very professional. You knew your lines. You knew your marks. Mm-hmm. You were always yeah. doing everything that Peter and the, the you know you had to do. And you were you guys were really nice kids. You all yeah. were very nice to, to the extras. Very respectful. Very respectful to everybody. Do you, you both have kids? Yes, we, we do. Both, we had our babies are uh, two weeks apart from each other, so we it was cutting it pretty close and we just we just sent them off to college a couple weeks ago oh wow wow so did they did they watch the show did they did they follow along oh yeah we would have the dvd in the car they would watch it with their friends i mean they knew every episode every line they absolutely loved it they're so happy like we're doing this right now i just called my daughter in her dorm room and now her friends are they're like oh my god so their friends are watching they're 18 years old now and they're still they still like to watch the show with their friends. It's crazy. It's like crazy. What was their reaction when they'd see you guys on the screen? Oh, well, they can't tell us apart. Like, which, which one is my mom? You know, they, they, just, yeah. they, they would just not even know. Sometimes we don't even know. Like we were watching the episode last night and we couldn't even tell. We us. didn't even like, know who was who. <laughs> I think that's me, but I'm not sure. I mean, that's the reaction that they get. So they were so thrilled, especially when they were little kids, to watch us, you know, on TV. I can't tell you how big my smile is right now just talking to you, too. I just love hearing that everything was positive and, and uh, you know, that the, the experience for you guys was positive, um, as well as everything that's happened, in, you know, since then. We're so excited for the reboot. We're so excited to watch with our with our families and just kind of relive it and to see you back in your role doing your thing. We're really excited and we'll watch and we're going to be big fans. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll love the reboot. I, I think you'd be, you'll, you, it, it's, it's a reimagining more than a reboot. I didn't see any twins, so I don't think they stole your thunder. Okay, good. <laughs> That's not. They better not. We're the OG twins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Allison, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. So we, co- we come up with a plan. A classic Zach scheme gets hatched. You get an actress playing an actress, uh, playing Vicky. Bess Meyer. Bess Meyer. She did a great job. She, her accents were on point. Oh, yeah. I mean, she yeah. probably went to school. Sure. Uh, she went to another fake high school the same year. She played the female stoner, as credited, in the movie Heathers uh, the same year this came out. And of course, you know, as soon as they say she's got to be on the lookout for the most handsome hunk, I mean, the only possible thing that could happen is it's a goof on building. That, that just is straight down the middle. And when their plan gets, uh, you know, blows up in their faces, as generally happens around this time, uh, all the boys stuff themselves in the lockers, the red lockers. Just the ultimate sign of shame at Bayside, to to stuff yourself in your, into your own locker. I'm actually surprised we actually fit in those lockers. It did look like a tight squeeze, but it always feels so effortless when you guys come in and out of the lockers. And I love with, uh, you know, when, when Tony confronts us, um, 
And he's like, guys, look, I really have no intention of taking your girls from you. I mean, what do you want me to do? Give up teaching? Like that's that's his like again like why yeah like why is that the only thing in the like why is that why is it one or the other? Hey, here, here's the episode. <laughs> hey guys, I have no intention of taking your girls. I would never do that. Yeah. I'm an adult. They're children or an, they're they're kids. I'm an adult man, and you guys are kids. Yeah, I would never do that. I would never do that. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, there's the episode. Yeah. Also, all the girls are like fighting over this guy who wears a. Uh, White socks and and leather loafers. It, it. I bet you there's a penny in those. You, probably. Yeah. And you know, Tony learns about this and decides to like. He decides to go along. Like that's that's again the best. Everyone's best thinking is is you know what the only way to defuse this situation is to. I mean, we already paid Vicky the actress. We might as well, you know, get our time worth here. I love how he walks into the max. He gives this like really cool two finger wave. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he may have been the originator of, of that uh, two-finger wave right huh. there. So you're saying Tony Crane, with his one-and-done appearance on Saved by the Bell, was like, he, he introduced a move that is, you know, now just known throughout the land. Let me know if, 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 if it was done before. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go, I'll, I'll watch that NYPD Blue and I'll let you know if he, <laughs> if he pulls it <laughs> off in that. And it's, it's funny, too, that in order for Tony to, like, sell this to the girls— it's not just this is my fiance. It's like this is my very mean fiance. Uh, just just for fun, let's just have her be a really not nice. I didn't think she was she was that terrible. She, I actually thought that joke was pretty funny. You know, because that's that's important to the girls to be you know to to, to be like adults. Yeah. You know, and for somebody to say, "Are you the same age as those boys?" You know, that was that was a but she's, that was a very crafted uh, dig, which I I, I kind of thought was uh, well played. Right, but it still is a dig because she's like the boys look so much older. Right. So she's, but that's what I mean. She's like she knew what would affect them. Yeah. And that's where she turned the screws. That's why she. <laughs> that's, I felt it was well played, Dashel. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say she's I'm gonna say she's not nice. <laughs> well, you're triggered very easily by these things. Yeah, it's true. I've been wronged by a lot of Vickies in my life, so this was this was hard to watch. And that's it. Everything's back to normal. The adult man who almost uh, married three, what, like 15-year-olds uh, is gone. He has been exiled and, you know, everything's back to the way it was. Another great episode. It, it's interesting, like, so much of the series is about uh, Zach's romantic pursuits and interests that we get a little bit of the the female POV here of, of what the girls, what it's like for them to swoon. And I really want to thank the twins, uh, Jennifer and Allison. Thank you so um, much. A lot of insight, and uh, hopefully they'll join us again uh, later in the season. Oh my God, I would, I would love to do an in a twin studio. If you see, oh, I see what you did. You there. Get it? Because I mixed in studio with twin. Well done. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much to the twins. Thank you, Mark Paul. We do have more homework. I'm not going to let you get out of class that easy. Next week's episode is cream for a day. Do you have just any old guesses what that one might be? I kind of know what this one's about uh, just because we've been filming the reboot and uh, it has to do with uh, something that um, happens to the Kelly, um, some, some sort of zit cream. Yeah, it's actually zit cream that is featured in the, uh, the key art for our podcast. There's like a little tube of zit off in the podcast art. A little Easter egg. A little Easter egg. So Mark Paul, watch Cream for a Day. That's episode eight. And see you next week. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. 
It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Canes 13 and to you for listening. <laughs>